Questions. We all have quite a lot of them. For example, what's the meaning of life? Or what's on the telly tonight? Where were you last night when Mr. Samuels was shot in his own study? You know what? Don't bother answering any of those. For now, I've only got one question for you. When's the last time you read a detective novel? Was it somewhat recently? In that case, odds are you're a woman. After all, according to The Atlantic, women make up about 80% of the detective novel market. That's just a fun little tidbit for you. But why are detective novels so popular? Meet Professor Jan Batens. He's a professor in cultural studies at the Catholic University of Leuven and is specialized in non-canonical genres, like comic books. More interestingly, however, he's also quite interested in, and you'll never see this one coming, the detective novel. In fact, he's participating in a European cross-university project called Detect, which is all about crime narratives. By the way, in case you don't know what detective fiction is, Wikipedia defines it as a subgenre of crime fiction and mystery fiction in which an investigator or a detective, either professional, amateur or retired, investigates a crime of the murder. Well then, now we're all on the same page, let's start at the conception of modern detective fiction. Take it away, professor. It is generally and very vaguely accepted that there are different, let's say, that one can distinguish different periods since, um, well, the first half of the 19th century when everything more or less started with um, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and that kind of, let's say, mystery enigma detective novel um, is considered a kind of quite sophisticated intellectual highbrow version of uh, the detective novel as a kind of intellectual play between um, kind of, of challenge the um, the author is raising to to the audience who is supposed to guess or to show that he or she is that the reader is as smart as the detective in question um, that genre, of course, that subgenre still exists today, since the fact that there are different periods does not mean that the newer period um, deletes the previous one. No, it's a kind of accumulation. Um, and the, so the Poe model, um, which is still considered, let's say, a kind of superior, the, the best possible form, um, and which will later inspire the let's say the whodunit uh, type uh, as illustrated by Agatha Christie mm -hmm. is profoundly modified, innovated, changed, reshaped in the, let's say in the interwar period mm -hmm. and even uh, somewhat before um, in what will be called later the, the, the American hard-boiled detective. Mm -hmm. In that case, mm -hmm. Chandler, Hammett, that kind of, of writers, um, Himes, and, and uh, uh, is written in a more, let's say, um, uh, let's say, popular style. The emphasis is put um, much more on the, not on, on the psychology and the, the, let's say, the, the persona of the detective. Um, is also put much more on the description of the let's say, the social environment in which the, the detective, um, who is no longer a police inspector, but a so-called private eye, a private detective, um, 
So the emphasis is less on the crime and on solving the crime itself than on, let's say, discovering the, let's say, the, um, the social context in which the crime uh, appears. And that genre is still extremely popular today. One might say that um, something like um, The Wire, which is the model uh, of, let's say, modern um, detective and crime fiction um, television series, is a continuation of that kind of, of um, uh, detective and, uh, and crime fiction. Um, and a third, let's say, third type uh, would be the French Polar, in which there is a really a radical shift from, let's say, crime to social critique. Uh, in many cases, um, what matters in, in French Polar is no longer the crime solving itself. In many cases, the riddle is not solved at the end of the, uh, of the novel. Whereas we have, let's say, um, we have had a kind of um, inside view of all kind of um, social milieus uh, which breed crime to, to a certain extent. And often these social milieus are no longer, um, let's say, the, the underworld or um, traditionally uh, or traditional um, criminal groups or whatever, but really the, the bourgeoisie. It's a kind of um, detective fiction in which the social critique um, is targeting or addressing no longer, let's say, the criminal, but those who engender all types of often white color um, criminality. And um, the problem many, let's say, um, crime fiction and detective fiction writers and authors are facing today is that it is extremely difficult to come up with something new, new in comparison with these three times. This is where we're faced with our first crime fiction conundrum, dear listeners. We all enjoy some creativity and innovation now and then, don't we? But if coming up with new things is extremely difficult, does that mean this genre is unchangeable? The best way, let's say, to innovate uh, genre or subgenre is to come up with um, an interesting character, in this case, in the detective, and references people who have um, um, produced, uh, let's say, characters, detective characters, having all kinds of um, strange characteristics. For instance, um, um, having to solve the mystery while uh, um, having their siesta after lunch and after a good cigar and after a good whiskey and no longer capable of doing any intellectual work after the siesta. So we have all kinds of variations, but the, the basic, let's say, um, the basic figure remains the same. It's either kind of very sophisticated intellectual. Sherlock Holmes is one of those uh, examples as well and he has also all kind of let's say strange um, uh, let's say individual features he's a drug addict and things like that but the, it's still the same figure so the guy who uses his brain to solve uh, a mystery and then the second type the the hard-boiled is the guy who uses his no longer his brain but his muscles 
to, to solve a mystery. And then in the third type, you have someone who is, let's say, who has the, the capacity to enter all kinds of social milieus. Um, and everybody tries to, let's say, to, to customize her or his detective uh, persona or character. But you should always make a distinction between, let's say, the superficial uh, features and the underlying archetype which can be reduced to one of these three major types. Well, apparently detective fiction wouldn't be detective fiction without stereotypes, archetypes and guys that are just my type. Are detective writers just not bothering to be creative? Well, it probably has more to do with the entire detective fiction industry than with the author's creativity. Worse yet, you, me, the lady that saw you almost trip on a loose tile, we're all to blame both as people and as readers. In the end, we are the ones determining what is popular. From the very moment that you, um, let's say, are entering the jungle of popular fiction, it is impossible to avoid that kind of stereotypes. They change all the time. But without, let's say, that type of stereotyping, it is impossible to, let's say, to, um, uh, to cater to larger audiences. You can even, you can always, let's say, nuance or problematize or criticize your stereotypes. But if you throw them away, if you put them between brackets, what you are doing will not be, will simply not function. It helps uh, the writer to produce in, let's say, in a very fast and rapid way. Hmm? Um, for the publisher, it is a kind of, um, let's say, insurance against failures uh, since when you know as a publisher that this or that kind of book um, or genre or whatever is commercially successful the risk you take will be lower not unexistent not at all everything can fail anytime but the risk is simply lower so if i were a detective writer today it would be stupid not to try to involve or to include some kind of female detective character. Simply for the, the simple reason that we know that that kind of character and that can be a very, let's say, female character or a very, let's say, unfemale uh, female detective. Um, we simply know that it's part of the game today and um, if you ignore the games of the, the rules of the game as it is being played at the moment of writing, publishing and reading, you are doing something else than what you are paid for. And then the publisher would say, well, if you don't want to have, let's say, that kind of female character, but also female victim um, in, in your book, well, bye-bye, um, I will sign a contract with somebody else. Since in the field of popular fiction you don't, you don't write what you want to write, you sign a contract and the contract specifies very clearly what you are supposed to deliver. The world of publishing can be cruel. A whole charm is being confined by long-standing stereotypes and it's all our fault. We ruined everything. Unless... There's nothing wrong with stereotypes. But... Um, if you want to produce popular fiction, 
you have to deal with, let's say, stereotyping. And conversely, as a reader, one of the, let's say, the, the, the attractive elements of popular fiction is also that you are, let's say, invite or you invite yourself to check, to see, to judge, to evaluate whether the author is capable of doing something with these stereotypes. And if the stereotypes are no longer there, there's no longer, there's no longer any fun. When I'm reading popular fiction, I'm not at all, let's say, um, well, the presence of stereotypes doesn't bother me at all. All I want to see or to read is the way in which let's say the author or the authors, it's most of the times it's collective work, managed to give a certain twist to it. Uh, but giving a twist to it does not mean that you um, eliminate or, or, um, or overlook the, the stereotype. No, no, you have to show that you are capable of doing something new while playing a game. And that's the success of explains the success of popular fiction. But then, if everything is so similar, why isn't every writer as popular as the next? Though some rise to fame, most of them almost fade from existence, doomed to end up in discount bins at a local bookstore. So, where do our cultural opinions on different detective novels come from? The traditional or the classic answer would be, well, an author becomes successful because he or she is better than the others. But that's too simple, of course. That's too easy an answer. Um, and it's too easy an answer because it um, puts between brackets the power of, let's say, the marketing machine that is behind um, um, much of these books, series, etc. It is perfectly possible to um, to make a buzz um, um, around uh, uh, an author, uh, a text, uh, um, a serial, etc. So um, success depends, of course, um, depends on the quality of what is being um, made. And quality can, can be defined either as, let's say, an interesting um, reworking of the available um, and already known uh, protocols, formulas, etc., or a kind of innovative um, transformation of it. Um, but it depends as much on the way in which um, it is market, marketed. There's a book on this, it's uh, by Simon Murray, it's called The Adaptation Industry, and it explains very well, let's say, why writers need visual adaptations and vice versa. And it's all about money. And there's a lot of money involved in the detective story industry. There are countless books, television shows, movies and video games that are all about solving crimes. Detective fiction is enjoyed by so many people that it transcends traditional literature. So what is it about murder mysteries that makes the human species so obsessed with them? Detective fiction perhaps offers what, let's say, um let's say other types of fiction um, do no longer offer or are no longer capable of offering, namely, um, let's say, um, well-made stories, um, 
serious novel writers today, well, they know that uh, it's no longer possible just to tell a good story. It's not enough. You have to do something else. And by doing something else, you inevitably reduce, let's say, the, the first degree pleasure of just telling stories. And this is something that is very, it's a deeply rooted human need. We, we want to have stories told, we like to tell stories. But if you tell a story as a serious author, it has become really difficult. Um, while in, in uh, detective fiction, um, that is possible. Detective fiction has also, and this is a deeply felt human need as well, has a sense of an ending. We want our stories to have a beginning, a middle and an end. In many, in much serious fiction, there is no longer a beginning, a middle and an end. Whereas in detective fiction, well, they sketch a situation, they develop uh, the situation and then they bring you toward a kind of climax which is comes at the end and then at the end in principle um, everything is unpacked solved etc and that uh, that is also one of the, the it's a kind of anthropological reason why everybody needs stories we also need stories to let's say to as a kind of interface between ourselves and, and the world and detective fiction offers that, let's say, in a very direct way, direct, efficient, not so time-consuming way. You can have a good detective uh, story in 50 minutes. So yes, it's, um, it's an ideal formula. Time is of the essence in detective fiction, and we are, unfortunately, running out. So before we say our goodbyes, Let's have a final look at detective fiction's present and its future. Frankly, I don't think that um, contemporary the contemporary production is more diverse and uh, diverse and, and um, that it has more variation than in previous periods. On the contrary, I have the impression that everything looks the same today. Hmm? Um, and that is not surprising at all, hmm? um, since in a cultural industry you are simply not allowed to, uh, let's say, to um, not to follow what is successful at a certain uh, moment in time. Hmm? So um, I wouldn't see it as an, let's say, as a kind of um, default or, or, or mistake. No. Um, it's a good thing that all these people try to well, have to do the same um, and the best will, I think, win at the end. I still believe that history is a good judge, even if we permanently uh, revise our historical judgments. But um, at least history has the intelligence to, let's say, to forget about a lot of things that um, may seem excellent and successful today, but which will collapse uh, tomorrow or next year. But for me, there is very little variety, very little variety. Professor Batens, thank you very much for helping us solve the mystery of the popularity of the detective novel. And you, dear listeners, in case you want to know everything about the Detect Project, 
can check it out at www.detect-project.eu and tell your friends all about it. Now, if you would excuse me, I have an episode of Poirot to rewatch. It's the one on the train. You know the one. Thank you for listening.